me. And oh, my soul so weary When troubles come And my heart burdened be Then I am still And wait here in the silence Till you come and sit Mary Seat of Wisdom. How is everyone? Father Ron, you with me? I am, Kevin. I am. And uh, wow, we have a very special guest with us today. We certainly do, don't we, Ron? Yeah, we so do. We're, we're welcoming Peg Berry. Peg, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm wonderful. Thank you. And very honored to be included in your podcast. Oh, you know what? We, we're, we're very happy to have you uh, you know, when when Ron and I have been talking about interviewing you for quite some time, especially when you uh, announced your retirement from your ministry, um, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, I, I mentioned before was that when the church was celebrating Helen Magali's um, re re award for the youth ministry, Father Derek alluded to, well, she stands on very broad shoulders. And that's so why I thought I'd play this Josh Groban song. Uh, I am strong when I stand on your shoulders. And Peg, you, you are uh, the rock that uh, a lot of ministries have been built at Mary's seat. So uh, blessing to you. And thanks for coming on and talking to us. Well, thank you very much. So maybe if everyone doesn't know Peg Berry, maybe you should. So when you see her in church, she comes to seven o'clock mass and you'll see her at mass normally. But uh, Peg, uh, just tell us just a little bit about yourself. You know, how long you've been in Mary seat, your family. You, I know that you were a South Sider. Okay. Uh, we came to Mary seat um, way back uh, in 1969, actually. Uh, became official members um, in 1971. Uh, we settled here and chose Mary Seat because it was so welcoming and so warm. And, oh, I just felt like we came from a, a parish on the South side that uh, we just always felt so comfortable in. And that's what we were looking for uh, to raise our children. And we only had uh, Donnie and Sean at the time. And uh, boy, did we find the right place. We have never never regretted being here. And it's just been such a blessing. Um, every pastor, uh, the community of faith is just overwhelming. So I just, I just feel so blessed to have been able uh, to do what I've done at Mary Seat. The, the, the service that I've contributed has all been, when you talk about standing on shoulders, I stood on the shoulders of every pastor, um, every priest, uh, and so many good, good parishioners. Um, they really helped me and worked with me, and I never could have done it without them. So let's dial back the clock. I mean, I what I know you have you have a 
busy family. Um, you're helping uh, run a business and yet you found time for all this ministry work. Um, let's dial back the clock a little bit um, in the midst of raising your family. And at what point will you, you start getting involved in what different ministries, a little bit of history? Well, I was involved in uh, the school. Uh, I was on the school board. I became president of the school board um, in the very early 80s. And uh, I worked on the angel brunches. They were brunches at the time. And, uh, and then uh, Ron asked us to head the, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was the angel uh, 18 event. And we decided, uh, John and I and, and Judy and Jim Nielsen turned it into um, a dinner. Oh <laughs> and we went from what was 350 guests in the previous year to 807. <laughs> and oh I remember because I felt like I was seven over what I could accommodate, but. We figured everybody is always welcome and we made it happen. And then um, in 1989, Patty uh, Purcell invited me uh, into uh, to participate with her in uh, teen ministry. And if you know Patty Purcell, nobody says no to Patty Purcell at the time. Right. Yeah, I know some people have said that about me uh, in the last uh, years of, you know, everything that I've done, but truly you couldn't say no to Patty. So I did, and I became a part of teen ministry and then took over um, the uh, faith formation of teens. And of course that became my passion. And that's when we uh, started the retreat and Ron was so wonderful because he let me do what I wanted to do. And, you know, I had a vision and I think at times he probably scratched his head and said, dear Lord, please help this woman. <laughs> I don't know whether she should be doing what she's doing because it was very, very on the cutting edge um, to have teen Eucharistic ministers, teen leaders, um, teen uh, lectures, uh, and, uh, you know, all of the things that we were able to do at Mass. So, and throughout uh, building the Faith Foundation of Young People. And so that was uh, very, very important to me and um, we reached out from there and uh, we just kept growing and doing and, and getting larger and larger. I mean, our first retreat, I called every single teen and parent, you know, asking them to come to something they had never experienced before. And I believe we had 45 and we were in a place called Pleasant Valley in um, a Woodstock. <laughs> and it was Quite, I mean, there were almost outhouses and uh, there were two barracks and, oh, it was, it was quite the experience. And then the next year we had grown so much because um, the Holy Spirit uh, just thrived in, you know, and, and really, you know, wound herself around us until more and more teens became involved. So we moved to um, resurrection um, in uh, Woodstock after that, and then we moved to Techni, and we finally ended up in Mundelein uh, Seminary because they were the only place that could house all, I think we had 220 at our last retreat, wow. um, or the last four years of our retreat. So yes, it grew and was successful. And, and you know, I really think um, that I just like you and so many, Ron, and all the ministers I've known, and the wonderful people 
who give so much of themselves at Mary's Seat of Wisdom. I think all we do is we're, we're like Samuel. We just say, here I am, Lord. I've right. come to your will. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it seems the Lord never stops calling us. So uh, when we when Jerry Balage was good enough and, and wonderful enough to take over team ministry, um, then I felt freed enough to start young adult ministry because I saw we really didn't have a program. Um, and that was about 2008. Prior to that, I had been involved in the beloved retreats um, under uh, Bob McLaughlin and then uh, kept carrying those on um, as a spiritual director um, after Bob died and under Jerry Gunderson. Uh, and then after that, we developed uh, Parenting of God because, um, as I explained to uh, Jerry Gunderson, we, you know, these parents just can't get away for a weekend. You know, they have right. little kids, and, you know, but I think I want them to be involved because this is so important. So we did start um, Parenting of God. At first, it was at night, and then it became um, transformed into a Saturday because then I could take the kids because I kept hearing, well, you know, during the middle of the week, I just don't have sitters for my children. So we began to do this on a Saturday and we had programs for the kids. So we had a program in the, you know, uh, ministry center for the kids. And then we had our beloved retreat, or, or excuse me, the parenting of God, um, you know, in the school setting. So I think that was something that really, brought young people and young families together. And then we developed uh, our young adult mass uh, and we had it at night at seven o'clock on a Sunday night um, because our teen masses had moved to the morning by that time under Helen Magali. And uh, then we decided, well, we have so many young people with children, maybe we'll begin doing our young adult mass at 9.30 on a Sunday. So that's what mm. we began doing. And again, we had young adult Eucharistic ministers, young adult lectors, young adult ushers. Um, and then we developed what I call coffee and conversation, which was young adults coming together. First, we did it on a Sunday afternoon in the rectory. And one of the priests would come and meet with us. And we did small faith formation um, sessions. And then we started doing it um, after 930 Mass. Uh, and we would use the preschool rooms so that all the little ones could play in the preschool rooms while their yeah. parents met. Um, and then, uh, but going back before that, with, when I started with young adults, I felt that a retreat program was very important for them. Some of them had been in the teen retreat program. So I worked with uh, Father Michael Sparrow to develop um, a young adult retreat. And I did it... Um, with Father Sparrow for a couple of years. And we uh, went down to the Seneca actually in Lincoln Park, which was where a lot of our young adults lived. So that was nice. And, um, and then I did a couple of um, retreats, young adult retreats by myself as spiritual director. Um, Michael Sparrow was a wonderful mentor and guide. Hmm. Uh, so I was able to lean into you know, his teachings, um, which was a, a real blessing for me. Uh, and then, you know, to fast forward, um, Jerry Gunderson and I met um, about the baptism program um, in about 2009, and I had felt strongly that 
for than what we had. And so um, we found a program uh, that had been written and that I could um, develop and implement and sort of shape for Mary Seed of Wisdom. So that became our welcoming your child. Mm -hmm. And that we developed and began um, having parents who desired baptism for their children in 2010. Wow. You know what, Kevin? That, yeah. that is amazing. It's just amazing. Uh, and, you know, in the midst of this, Peg, in the midst of all this, and this is, uh, you know, very successful and many good things happen. You suffered a personal tragedy in the loss of your son. And that uh, always made me uh, think about faith, you know, on the rise, we're doing all this. But then you had to deal with this very deep hurt and pain. Um, I don't know whether you want to talk about that, because that is a problem with you know, so many of our people today. And uh, perhaps you might give an insight on that. Well, uh, Ron, I think that the, the good Lord, you know, I lost my father at a very early age. I was only 11. Mm. And so I learned at a very early age that, you know, God, God doesn't promise us roses, but he promises us that he will guide us through the thorns. And he always does. Uh, the, you know, what, what I received, the, the grace that flowed into my life after we lost Brian. Um, and it was very, very difficult. Uh, my children are my heart. <laughs> and uh, uh, so Brian's loss was, was very, very difficult, very difficult. And, um, and as I tell parents who lose children, you know, you never, you never get over it, never expect to get over it but you do get through it. And the biggest lesson that I learned and that Jesus Christ taught me was that we are more than the pain we carry. And mm. that was such a revelation to me that I could be and carry that much pain within me and, and still be able to give out to other people. And I can remember, um, when we began, because we always began the retreat, Brian's accident was right before um, that January retreat in 1993. And I can remember after that, just thinking, and oh my gosh, I just don't think I have the strength and the courage to go on with this. Um, I mean, my world broke open, my world fell apart. And I can remember Brian saying to me, as he always whispered into my heart and has ever since, he said, Mom, you always pushed me to do more. And now I'm pushing you. Mm. You have to continue this. And mm. so I said, okay, I will. <laughs> and wow. that, you know, I think the gift that God gave me was he knew I couldn't live without Brian. So he showed me a way to see Brian's presence in my life every day. Mm. And I can remember one day talking to Brian and saying, oh, honey, I wish you were here. And he really used the words of that beautiful psalm um, that tells us that God has so much more in store for us than we could possibly imagine. And he said, mom, if you could see where I am, you'd never want me to leave. Yeah, wow. Uh, what a great witness and testimony that is, right. Right. Peg, Thanks, know, Peg, for sharing that's, that, too. That's awesome. 
Um, and I think hopefully folks listening to that um, and that has lost someone, uh, I'm sure we'll find um, that as a, as a wonderful resource for them. Um, uh, Brian, uh, rather, I'm thinking about Brian, I'm thinking about uh, a book that just came, well, I don't know if it just came out, it's been out there, it's called Return, R-E-T-U-R-N, Return, and it was authored by a man named uh, Brandon Voigt. He's part of uh, Word on Fire uh, with uh, Bishop Bob Barron, and what was un is unusual about that book is that he looks at the statistics today of people who are leaving the church, particularly young people. He has all that. It's kind of scary. And then he goes into uh, the feeling of parents and the anxiety that they have. How can they possibly bring their children back to an ocean of faith? And then he goes into all sorts of ways to accomplish that. So I just wanted to put that in here for those who may be listening. Um, Something like that or read like that might give people courage and, of course, gives them uh, specific uh, instructions about how they could how they can do that. But as Peg uh, knows as well, sometimes it was the young people who brought the parents back too. Um, we've witnessed that several times. But I just throw that out there for people who are searching and looking. Brian Voigt, V-O-G-T, Brandon, excuse me, Brandon Voigt, return now where would you go i saw it on amazon uh and you can look at word on fire which is uh, bishop uh, baron's uh outreach and evangelization uh project you probably find it there too so that might be helpful for some folks hey, one... on... go ahead Peg. uh we touched on that a little bit <laughs> uh before we begin the, the podcast yeah yeah let's talk about that a little bit yeah, I, you know, I have uh, my grandchildren um, are, my oldest is 23, a senior at U of I, um, and uh, my youngest uh, is two weeks old. <laughs> so I have quite stand, and uh, it has just been such a blessing to me to be able to see my grandchildren um, participate in the retreat and the spirituality and spiritual growth that Crux has offered them. Um, it, it has just been such a blessing. You talk about something coming full circle. Um, I think the first time my oldest Sean made the retreat, I just, oh my gosh, my heart just filled with joy. And now, you know, you know Rihanna Grace is just finishing up her senior year, very much a part of Crux. Um, and all of them have been so blessed. So I'm, I'm hoping now that you know, Annie, who is a freshman, and Tegan, who's in eighth grade, will also be able to participate fully, fully. And I think that when I look at the young adults who are active in young adult ministry, it is those young adults that participated in a teen program. To me, mm -hmm. that's more important. You are getting teens where, where they're at. And, and I think as parents and as ministers, we need to be open and listen. Instead of telling them what they can and can't do, we really need to be open and listen to where they are because they have many questions. And when I hear Pope Francis just open the church to so many, and he wants us to make everyone feel welcome. And I think that's the most important part 
because young adults, I find, you know, my daughter is in her middle 30s and her friends and, you know, they are exclusionary people. Their, their faith and their philosophy is very inclusionary. They include everyone. And so I think their questions will come from the parameters we want to draw around those who are welcome and those who are not. So I think as a church, we really have to question that. Um, and we have to just, you know, really look at the kinds of ways that we as people, I think that came very much to the fore this past year. Um, we as a people include those on the margins of life. And I think that's something that our young people um, do a little bit easier than we do <laughs> and maybe more fully. Um, so I, I think as a church that, that listening and I find young people have tremendous amount of wisdom. Um, I learned from every teen I ever ministered to, from every young adult, um, they have such goodness and they have the spirit of God that dwells within them. And so I think we really, we have to, we have to give them opportunities um, to be able to grow. One of the things that struck me when you were talking about all the ministries you're involved in was the changes that you made, that you recognized as you went along, that you weren't married to any one particular idea, but you know, moving the mass times around, really you know, being creative and being the other word that kind of, so you're, you're flexible, you, you kind of, like you said, like Pope Francis says, we have to meet people where they're at. And some of that is, well, you know, you could easily say, well, we always do it at this time or we'll all, we always do it this way. And my, my sense is that you kind of moved, uh, trite phrase, you moved with the times, right? You met people where their needs were at. And, and that's what I think is so important. You know, we really, and to, to, to really love those people that you minister mm. to and to, and to accept them where they're at and then to help them see how beloved they are, how much they are loved. And that's, that's what I try to teach everybody that I've ever had hands on, anybody that I've ever touched. I just, I, I, I look at my own family and, um, you know, they're so beloved to me, but I want them to know how beloved they are to their God. And I think when people feel that and they feel the openness that you have towards them, um, no matter their station in life, what they have done, who they are, um, you just put your arms of love around them and, and I think it's through us, obviously, it is through us, where God's love just seeps out into the world and encompasses everybody. If we want to build Jesus Christ's kingdom on earth, we have to start by inclusiveness and truly loving every person that comes into our lives, our church, our parish. Um, and you're right, not for parameters around yourself. Be willing to be flexible, listen, change. And that doesn't mean that you don't leave the 
the fundamental truth of who you are as a baptized Catholic um, and, and what has been revealed to you through scripture, um, through teaching, uh, through wonderful theologians. I feel like I've, I've just been the recipient of so much um, wonderful theology and all the priests um, that have worked with me um, throughout my ministry. Um, Jerry Boland being one of them, he was the uh, spiritual director for our retreat for several years until he got his own parish. And then he said, Peggy, I'll be at the retreat weekends, but you're the one, you're gonna leave. <laughs> you're gonna be a spiritual director. And I went to Ron and he said, absolutely. I had no problem with that. So, um, but I, I became who I am by the love and, and acceptance and um, theological formation of many, many people in my life. And I am so, so grateful because I believe that was the presence of God uh, to me. And I feel in turn, then we are called to be the presence of God to others. You know, I was uh, part of uh, the retreat experience ever since it started right up to the I guess it was a year ago and we couldn't do it anymore in the same way because of the pandemic. But um, attesting to those times and that period on Saturday nights where the young people had a chance to talk with one of the priests that were there um, just to have conversation or and um, sometimes the sacrament of reconciliation was a very moving experience. And fortunately, too, we had... Uh, kids because uh, they come to know each other at high school and some of them weren't Catholic and yet they felt very comfortable with the witness talks and their own spirituality. I can't tell you you know how many of those young people opened up and I just sat there and listened uh, to their discoveries and uh, kind of encouraged that. Some days Peg and you remember this we'd start about 8 30 and finish at one in the morning <laughs> um, didn't matter as long and the kids would wait they would wait and yeah. uh, because each one got their time and they spent as much time as they wanted and I never cut them off and I don't think the other uh, priest did either and that was a very moving experience I hope we can get back to that soon uh, because it uh, did uh, play a big role I think in the life of a lot of young people there right I agree agree with you, Ron, and I think your openness, and I remember those lines, they would be yeah. around the church. <laughs> and, uh, they, you know, you're and the other priests, I mean, your, your patience and your guidance and your wisdom, and these kids were hungry. They were hungry to see the face of God. And yes. you should do them. <laughs> right, yeah. Never forget that. Well, Peg, what, what, what do you, I mean, what are you thinking? We, we touched on this a little bit. Um, you know, we talk about teens leaving the church. Um, you know, I think you, you talk about being a witness is so important. What advice would you give parents uh, about, you know, raising their kids? And because I get the extra peg, I get this question uh, once in a while is Giselle and I do um, pre Cana. We talk about, um, you know, how can we grow in our faith and then how do we make sure our children stay within the faith? What would be your advice to be to parents? 
talk about God with them, pray with them. Uh, I can remember Brian was about three and a half years old. I was exhausted. I put him to bed. We had our routine and I, you know, read the story, sang the song, um, but I hadn't said our prayers. And so I was going out the door and he looked at me. Now he was probably about three and a half and he said, mom, what about our God stuff? <laughs> uh, I talk to the kids about God all the time because I remember when I first started teen ministry and we would have those Sunday, you know, they were really Sunday night meetings. And um, our, I, after freshman year, I asked the kids to write in their journal, okay, as a freshman, I know your parents made you come. You're back as sophomores. Why are you here? And nine out of 10 of them said, because it's the only place we get to talk about God. Wow. So talk about God, um, read scripture with them, uh, teach yourself um, about your faith, about scriptures, find good prayers to say with them, but never stop. We talk about everything with our children. And I, I always wonder, why don't we talk about God more? You know, and teach them young. I mean, every time we eat, I mean, Mac is five years old. Jack is three years old. We say grace right. and they thank God for what was important to them that day. And they are thanking God for more and more. I mean, Mac's prayers are beautiful now. He thanks God for the wonderful world he lives in. He thanks God for the day. Uh, Jackie has gotten so, you know, he'll mention all the people, but then he'll also say something that happened during the day. So that's what I tell my baptism parents when we go through baptism. I say, begin by making the sign of the cross on your child's forehead. When they're a tiny, tiny baby, as you pick them up in the morning, as you put them to bed at night, it will become second nature to you. Always have God as a part of your family. Well, Peg, Ron, anything else, Peg? I see the clock on the wall is struck uh -oh. uh, 30 <laughs> minutes. So yeah, wait. We, we've, we, and we feel like we barely touched the surface. Peg, we're going to have to have you on again sometime um, and chatting more about ministries and uh, how helping parents is, is really the key, especially those young parents, right? Um, it's the key to our faith. It's key to their children. It's key to our world. Um, and God bless you for your ministries. Well, thank you. And the same to you. God bless you, Kevin. And, and of course, always Ron for everything he's accomplished in your, his life. And certainly your journey, Kevin, you're blessing all of us with what you do at Mary Seed of Wisdom. So well, thank, thank you. you again thank for you. Ron, you. You, yes. you, got a, you got a prayer and a comment for us as we finish before I hit the Chieftains button and I play a little bit of Chieftains in oh, honor of okay. Peg's wonderful Irish heritage. Okay. All right. Here we go. Listen and look to the earth, brothers and sisters, to the gift of creation. In spite of the present cold and darkness, the winter is coming to an end and the light will warm us again as we move through Lent toward the light who is our salvation. Guide us in the weeks ahead as we approach the resurrection of the Lord. Draw us forward despite our pains and our fears. And may we learn like the barren trees to blossom again, to bear fruit, and to praise you by our lives 
continuing the great work of justice and peace. Amen. 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 And a blessing, Ron. And may Almighty God bless all who are with us today on this podcast. And Peg and you too, Kevin and Giselle, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Peace, everyone. Peg, God bless. Thanks. Thank you, Thank Kevin. you Ron. You're welcome. And I'm going to try to get past this ad so I can play some music for everybody. <laughs> Here we go. I hit the button. Further come.